Good morning, and welcome to episode 578 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Perspectives, presented by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I am Ben Lindbergh of Grantland, joined by Sam Miller of Baseball Perspectives. Hello. Hi. How are you? Okay. I just realized that you, you didn't send me this in like a spreadsheet. You could have sent it in a spreadsheet, and then I could have seen all of it in, in one view instead of scrolling down through all the graphics. But... I, I, on the other hand, I had enough lead time that I could have put it in a spreadsheet myself. So really, who's to blame here? Are we talking about today's topic, which, which we have not disclosed yet? <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Well, we will be doing a draft of a sort today about free agent values and predictions. So we'll get to that shortly. Anything you want to discuss first? Yeah, a couple, a couple things. Uh, First of all, uh, Jose Molina was uh, going to yeah. be DFA'd tonight. Uh-huh. I assume that happened. That was the that was the report. Um, so, uh, what do you make of that? I hope he goes to St. Louis and forms a two man Molina tandem. But do what do I what do I make of it? I, I yeah. make of it that he is very bad at most aspects of baseball at this point. Well, do you do you think that he's got a uh, do you think he's got a future with any team? Yeah, I mean, at, well, on the one hand, you'd think if if any team were going to give him a chance, it would be the Rays, the team that signed him to a two year deal and gave him well, a starting job when he had been a career backup. And yeah, and it, you might like you they... might you might think that a, a team that had it maybe maybe they figure they have their catcher, they have their particularly they have their catcher with that skill set. Is there any benefit? If you know you're going to have two catchers on your roster, and one is going to be primarily your starter and one is going to be primarily your backup, is there any benefit to having them uh, have different skill sets? Or is it really just the case that you know you know which skills are most desirable and you know that it's not like they're going to be playing at the same time and they're not like a point guard and a shooting guard where they might have complementary skills in a given play? Uh, if you've decided that one skill is more valuable, should you just get as much of that skill as possible. Seems like that's what teams have been doing with the framing guys, right? The Astros trading for Conger when they already had uh, guys who were good at framing or have been pretty good, Castro and Corporan and Stasi and all of these guys. And uh, the Pirates, well, the Pirates traded for Cervelli, and that was when they had Chris Stewart, and that was clearly preparing for losing Russell Martin. But but I don't know. We talked once a long time ago about like maybe some catchers are good at framing pitches in a certain part of the strike zone, like low pitches and others high pitches. And maybe with certain pitchers who tend to throw up or down in the zone, you could pair framing catchers with starting pitchers in some optimal way. Maybe that's something. But I don't know. Probably you just want the best guy, the guy who's best at doing the things that you've identified as valuable. So uh, at BP, we have uh, not just overall framing stats for for a catcher, but we have uh, the battery stats. So every all the framing runs uh, added or, or or given away by our framing methodology for every individual pitcher catch up ba- pitcher catcher battery. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of that? Is that real? Well, I like it. I like to look at it. It's fun, yeah. It's it is definitely very fun to look at. But if you had um, if you had two catchers, let me ask you this. You have two catchers 
uh, one of them is, you know, seems to be like a plus five framer with the pitcher. The other one seems to be a minus five pitch framer with the same pitcher. How big a gap in catchers would it be for you to, to start that guy? Or would you just assume that probably you regress a lot of that because you know it's by definition going to be a small sample? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably, I probably, I don't know. You can t- tell how good a guy is in general from how he is with all pitchers. And if someone were going totally against that trend with one particular pitcher, I probably wouldn't buy it. Over uh-huh. over a single season, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see whether Molina gets a job somewhere. Um, people have speculated that he would make a fine catching coach someday. So maybe he can do that. But I'm holding out hope for the double Molina catching combo. Yeah. It'd be fun, I guess. Would it be fun? <laughs> would there be anything fun about that, really? I think... There was that time last year when they were know, playing each cookies. other, and was yeah, that he, really, he left the that thing re- on home plate for Yadier. That was that was cute. I guess <laughs> they probably would be fun together. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. Um, there was some news in Pat Vendetti, a Pat Vendetti development. Yeah. Uh, he signed a minor league deal with an invitation to spring training with the A's. So he is finally out of the Yankees organization where he has been since 2008. He was drafted in 2008 and has been pitching in their minor league system for seven seasons now and has pretty good numbers, really good numbers at lower levels, kind of middling numbers at higher levels, but probably worse numbers than some people who have gotten a cup of coffee at some better point during that spent. Uh, better, yeah. I said, yeah, better. Um, but it, it seemed clear that he probably was not going to get a shot with the Yankees for whatever reason. He is 29, and maybe he just wasn't worth a spot on the 40-man or whatever. They just didn't, didn't think that his stuff would translate and that, <laughs> unlike for us, the, the novelty value would be worth promoting him, but for an actual team, perhaps not. So does this raise his chances that he will make the majors at some point or lower them, given that the A's probably will have a good bullpen again and have had good deep bullpens and don't particularly need Pat Vendetti, but at the same time, it's a different organization. And if the old one was not going to give him a shot, then there has to be a better chance that the new one will. Uh, If I've learned anything about the A's, it's that when they pick up some team's unwanted veteran who the internet kind of likes uh they probably won't keep him for more than a week or two in the off season <laughs> uh-huh. so i think we really need to ask this question again in in april when he's actually on his final team uh-huh. uh i would say that there is like maybe less than a 50 percent chance that he is on the a's on opening day not because they're going to waive him but well maybe. you mean in the organization or on the major league roster in the organization okay. i just i assume that there will be some like that he'll get he'll be put on waivers again in a week and a half and the uh let's see uh I would guess the uh Orioles maybe will uh no nah, the Blue Jays the Blue Jays will get him and then he'll be put on waivers again uh, three weeks later I think that he's the Casper Wells of the offseason that's what uh-huh. I'm saying <laughs> Okay so we'll see I remember Phil Philip Umber uh was a, a guy who the A's got and um one of the things he told me when I wrote about him uh was 
uh, like I, I mentioned that he had been on the A's and he sort of almost forgot for a second. And, and he said, yeah, I never even, I never even owned a Jersey. <laughs> he was on the A's though. It's true. I don't know if they ever paid him. I guess they wouldn't have paid him cause it was the off season, but like at some point he was in HR, like they were, they were kicking into his health, his health care uh-huh. at some point. He did get compensated in some way, I assume, because they were probably putting uh, 401k contributions or something for those, you know, two and a half weeks that they had him, but never, never got him clothes. <laughs> That's sad. Okay. Anything else? Uh, are, you don't have any uh, relevance, uh, non-relevant <laughs> things to talk about? Non revelatory reverse. Uh, what did I say? Relevant, oh, which yeah. is not totally different, but yes. Re- revelatory, yeah. Mm, I do have a few, as it happens. Good. So we talked a couple days ago about the Ken Rosenthal rumor about the Orioles and how they may consider shopping Bud Norris. We concluded that this was a non revelatory rumor. I now have every time it's like a it's like a <laughs> drill in my ear. What can I do though? I'm committed now. <laughs> I've got to stick with it. My my girlfriend works for Oxford and she sent me the the OED definition which I forwarded to you which suggested that the US pronunciation is my way and that the British pronunciation is your way. Which is interesting. So that would that would suggest that I'm on the right continent to be pronouncing it this way. But at this point, I'm committed. So we talked about the may consider. We we concluded that that was that qualified for this exercise. So now we have an are considering. So this is a John Heyman rumor about the White Sox. The White Sox are considering a pursuit of free agent outfield star Melky Cabrera. So they're considering, but they uh, yeah, haven't committed I, to the pursuit. I saw that. I actually saw that earlier in the day. I think I saw a, uh, uh, I think I saw a may consider earlier in the day. Uh huh. Well, the the MLB trade rumors post about this rumor was called White Sox weighing pursuit of Melky Cabrera, and the that's that's it, what yeah that's what it was. It was weighing. Yeah. Pursuit. So that yeah. wasn't exactly what Heyman wrote. The top comment on that MLB trade rumors post was, couldn't this be said about literally every team for every player? <laughs> so that person has the right idea. But that oh, wasn't... I bet MLB trade rumors, I bet they hate this that we're doing because I bet they get this. I bet this is the equivalent of slow news day in their world. <laughs> Probably. Right? I, I, oh my gosh. I, I just realized how annoying it is what we're doing. Yeah. Because probably everybody who does these is like, oh, come on, give me a break. I give you nine good ones, and the tenth one you're picking out the may-might discrepancy. Jeez. Right. Well, uh, I'm going straight to the source here. I'm not yeah. not talking about their phrasing of Heyman's rumor. I'm talking about yeah. the rumor itself. Anyway. Uh, they are considering so they a are, pursuit. They are considering a pursuit. Yeah, to me that is good enough. Okay. To me that is a pursuit. <laughs> uh-huh. I think if, if you are considering a pursuit, you are pursuing. It might be a short pursuit. You might not. Uh, you might not be the person at the table most likely to win the hand. It might be obvious from your betting pattern that you have the third pair on the board. But nonetheless, it is a pursuit. They are pursuing. They are talking about it. I guarantee you, they're going to talk to that agent. They're going to see what he he's into. There might be a number thrown out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got their stat guys uh, looking at his, um, uh, you know 
BABIP or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what stat guys do. <laughs> Just pull up the old BABIP, stare at it for a while. <laughs> it's a pretty easy job really (laughs) uh you got another one yeah so this one comes from thursday this was tweeted by two different people this is tweeted from by carrie muscat the mlb.com cubs beat writer and bruce miles the daily herald cubs beat writer nine minutes apart with exactly the same phrasing except that Miles used a period and Muscat did not use a period. Mm -hmm. So the quote is, sources say Cubs have not inquired about Nick Swisher. Uh... (laughs) So we've got a not inquire. Where did they put the period? (laughs) Muscat did not put a period anywhere. Miles put a period at the the end. Oh, at the end? (laughs) Yes. Oh, hmm. Yeah. Mm, period at the end. Suggest. Say. Yeah, they must have different sources. It's one of <laughs> one of them came to a full stop at the end. I wish that Muscats had said sources say they or whatever, and then said period like she had actually written out period. Um. All right. Uh. Not pursuing. <laughs> not have haven't, not haven't inquired. Made an offer. Have, have not inquired. inquired. Yeah, that's. I mean, if. Uh, yeah. Sure. Why not? All right. Well, I guess it's it's again, open you, to the again, objection you, that you could say this about, you know, every team with most right. players. But exactly. of course, and again, I would say that first of all, I would say that um, uh, there is again a presumption that there's some baggage in it. Uh-huh. talked about it that they have been somehow linked uh, in some speculation. Um, yeah, there was another rumor that the Indians had talked about trading Swisher for other bad contracts or something, yeah, and people the, had speculated about the Cubs. But yeah, the implication is that Marcakis is relevant to the Cubs, and uh, so I'm Swisher, I'm accept- sorry, Swisher is relevant to the Cubs, and mm-hmm. I am accepting that on faith when I see that. Now, it could be that uh, this is just some algorithm spitting out verbs nouns and 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 sometimes punctuation but uh i'm assuming that um that that it's not that there's a there's a reason that those two have been linked and that they are throwing a little bit of cold water on that linkage um but it could be it could certainly be overdone but yeah it seems interesting to me that i mean you know uh uh uh, I don't know what's the if there's only 30 teams right and so uh I have not contacted is is not as valuable as a have contacted but it does narrow the pool down it does give you information I suppose all right we're setting a low bar here but both of these both of these rumors clear it just barely okay anything else that's it what about the one I sent you you didn't like that one what one did you send me? Uh, it was Bob Nightingale's. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I think I was doing something and I didn't look at it or didn't absorb it at the time. What was it? Let me uh, let me let me pull up the internet. This one is veteran Nats pitcher. Nats is hashtag. <laughs> veteran Nats pitcher Doug Fister, who like Zimmerman also is eligible for free agency in one year, also is available if a deal, <laughs> if a deal makes sense. <laughs> so let's take out the excess words. Doug Fister is available if a deal makes sense. So 
Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> that's that reveals nothing. <laughs> I the thing that I love about this one is that to me a good a good non revelatory tweet is that you can replace the player's name with any player, but yeah. a great one is that you can replace the verb with any verb, <laughs> or you know the descriptive action with any action. Uh-huh. So, uh, so player uh, is player if a deal makes sense. Uh, or I guess uh, not is player, but but player is a thing. Or team will do thing if it makes sense is basically uh-huh. what that. That is yeah. team 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 will do thing if it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a that's a hit for sure. All right. I'm glad we started this segment. I don't know if the listeners are, but I'm enjoying or Bob it. Nine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that concludes the banter portion of this podcast. So moving on to the meat. Or the actual topic, we're talking about free agent predictions. In this case, Jim Bowden's free agent predictions. This is his fourth year of doing free agent predictions. And he sort of, well, he already had a name for himself. He was a GM, but he made a name for himself in this predicting free agent space in his first time doing it, 2011, when he just nailed it. He just really nailed everyone Creepy, creepy almost. Yeah. Like, like John Axford's Oscars. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah. He 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 came very close on all of the top guys. And I don't know whether this has continued. I vaguely recall someone looking at his next year and it was pretty good too. But he's done it three times now. I don't I don't know whether he's actually any better at this than the crowd or any other pundit. I would lean toward probably not <laughs> over. You would? I would. You would? I After would. he, na- I mean, he nailed it. He did, but that was that was one year, right? I mean, it was impressive. I guess you could say that it's not. You can't dismiss it completely as small sample because it suggests that he at least had a good handle on where the market was. Like it wasn't just that he happened to hit on certain predictions, but he was in the right range with everyone. It was impressive. It was very impressive. But one one off season of predictions, I don't know if that's that's enough for me, given how we've seen. I mean, your your stuff about the executive survey and how over many years executives don't seem to be able to predict where guys will go or what they'll make or whatever. It's hard for me to believe that he is that much better than anyone else, even though he is more experienced in the role of someone who hands out contracts than most people who are predicting contracts. Anyway. There's there's no reason to think he's worse. He might be better. <laughs> Non-revelatory <laughs> analysis of former GM. Yeah, right. So his new predictions uh, came out on Thursday, I think. They're out this week. They're ESPN Insider, so they are paywalled. But I will link to the article in the places where we link to articles. And so he predicted destinations and contracts for top 50 free agents. And so what we are going to do is draft the guys that we think will be most different from Bowden's predictions. So we will each pick, uh, we'll, we'll take a, a guy, we'll, we'll say whether he's over or under or what we think he'll end up being. And then at the end of the offseason or when all these guys have signed, we will compute the absolute value of the differences between Bowden's predictions and these guys' actual contracts, and we'll see who picked the guys that Bowden was most wrong about. 
So we yeah. are so predicting that we are better at this than Bowden at these <clears throat> specific guys. So let's figure out the scoring here. So let's say that uh, Bowden thought that um, uh, James Russell was going to get two years and, and $8 million. And I took the over. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's two years and $10 million, then I get credit for $2 million. Yeah. And if it's, if it's two years and six, then I get docked $2 million. Is that right? And if it's two years and eight, I just get zero. And since it's a counting game, that's a wasted opportunity. Well... Well, so that's what I'm. That's what I was asking. Because if we're doing absolute value of the differences, then, then, even if you undershoot oh, yeah, by yeah. two million, was, then it... my answer was dumb. Then my my <laughs> the, when I told you absolute value, I misunderstood. Yeah, it's okay. So, I was thinking. So, yeah. So I, we I, will I, say over under, and it will only count if it is in the direction that we said, right? Will it count negatively if it's in the opposite direction? I think it probably should. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that's okay. how we're doing this. So Sounds we good. we have to pick the right direction, and if we pick the right direction, then it counts in our favor. The difference. If we pick in the wrong direction, it counts against us. And then and we're doing total dollars. So if total uh, dollars. So in this scenario, if James Russell signed for five years and nine million dollars, even though the average annual value is tiny, tiny, I would still get credit. Yes. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, I don't know about you, but going through this list, mm-hmm. uh, Bowden in his intro seems to suggest that salaries will be going up. He says industry revenues continue to grow, which causes inflation of player salaries. He mentioned that the qualifying offer price rate uh, increased, which will have an effect on some free agents, although that, that could be a, a negative effect in that it will cost them. But But he's saying that it sets the market higher potentially. And he's saying that the fact that two wildcard teams made it to the World Series might result in more teams bidding for players. I don't know whether that's true, but but the point is that he is seeming to suggest that salaries go up. And yet, as I looked through this list, I found myself taking the over on a oh, lot of guys. Well, don't don't give away too much. But I uh, I um, oh, so you're saying that even though he's already presumably baked this in, yeah, in his estimates. They've been even higher. Yeah, well, uh, I'm looking. Let's see. Russell Martin signed right, so for, for more. I wrote those down. He so he, he Although he almost nailed it. He he basically got the number two offer for Martin so far as we've heard it. Yeah, so he, and, he projected four guys, I think, who signed already. He pegged Victor Martinez perfectly. He got mm-hmm. four years, 68. That was what he signed for. Which is crazy. That's good. That's a good one. I would not have guessed that. No, yeah. I, I would have said the under on Definitely. that one. Definitely. <laughs> and, and that one he nailed perfectly, but the the other three that he's the man projected, is a genius. <laughs> could be the other three that he's projected uh, have he has been under on them. So he said Butler would get two eighteen. He got three thirty. Of course, I think probably the consensus would have been closer to what Bowden said. But and he said Martin would get four sixty four. He got five what eighty two. Yeah, and, which is basically he nailed it. He just got the one less, year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he said Zach Duke would get two years and 14, I think. or I think two and seven. Oh, two and seven. Yeah. He said two and seven for Zach Duke. And Zach Duke got three fifteen yeah. or 15 and a half or something. So that'd be a good one to have picked. It would be, but too late. So, too late. all right. I go first. Sure. All right. I will take, uh, I'll take John Lester with the over. All right. So Lester projected for six years and 138. 
that's an AAV of 23 million. So are you are you guessing more years or more per year or both? Not that you have to specify. I'm just curious. I think that I would say more per year. Uh huh. Okay. I got to say that was not on my short list. Uh huh. I think with my I have a strategy here so Oh okay are you are you minimizing risk or something You always go for the minimizing risk approach and I always go for the <laughs> pick a rod <laughs> Okay I'm Oh by I'm... the way yeah. by the way Ben mm-hmm. since that's a reference to a hundreds of episodes ago <laughs> joke uh, yeah. I've been meaning to ask you all day huh? whether you've been making pickles <laughs> I have not made a pickle in quite some time. My pick, my pickle experiments sort of fizzled, but I'm planning to get back in the game at some point. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take the over on Chase Headley, I think. Okay. Chase Headley is projected for three years and $27 million, which seems quite low to me. I mean, it's funny because the next player on his list, and he... He ranks these guys by his personal preference for the player, not by contract value. But the next guy on his list is Adam LaRoche at 336. So he's projecting that LaRoche will get significantly more than Headley, despite being four years older and not better. So that that seems curious to me. So I will take the over on the Headley projection. All right. I will take Brandon McCarthy. Ah, good one. Yes. So he, he projects McCarthy at 220, which does seem quite low, particularly since he has Edinson Volquez listed at 220, which is odd. Those guys are not, not the same. I can't, can't imagine a team or the, the winning bid for both of those players being the same. By the way, he was over on A.J. Burnett. A.J. Burnett signed. Uh, oh, okay. What did he, he say? A, he had him 1 in 10. Uh-huh. And Burnett was what? I think one in eight, eight point five. I think. Okay. All right. So Headley and McCarthy off the board. I am going to take the over on Hanley Ramirez, okay. who is his third-ranked guy. He has him at four years and seventy-six million, and he makes a case for why it's not more. He points out that he received a qualifying offer. He says that. Many GMs believe that he must move to third base and that there aren't a lot of openings at that position. He says the market could collapse if he insists on staying in sh- at shortstop. And it has been reported, John Heyman reported, that he is willing to play wherever there's a need, or at least that's what he's telling people in the early stages of the offseason. But that's the case for why Hanley might not make a whole lot, and it's reasonable. But I'm going to say that I, I just find it hard to envision Hanley Ramirez getting a four-year deal. He's he's thirty. It it seems like a he's a longer-term guy. So whether he gets more than the nineteen million per year or not, I can't imagine that it will be a four-year deal. Yeah, I mean, every there's not one list out there. Everybody has made a list this offseason, and not one list, including Bowden's, has Hanley below Pablo Sandoval, and yet he has Pablo Sandoval getting more right. guaranteed money, and uh, that doesn't square. Me. Right. Yeah. And Sandoval's a couple years younger, but 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 yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh all right. I will take um David Robertson. Mm, okay. And mainly because I, I I don't think the average annual value is necessarily off, but what I, was I, it? 
It's three and thirty-nine, and I just think he'll get a fourth year. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Four more. Maybe he'll get six years. Maybe mm-hmm. seven. All right. <laughs> I'm really playing that he'll get an eight-year deal. <laughs> that might win you this contest. Okay, and all right. My next pick, man. All my top guys are are overs. It seems like I'll take. Hmm. Not the one. one. (laughs) I'm gonna take Aoki. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Two years, twelve million total. I mean, Aoki at six million per year would be quite a bargain. So if some if some team gets him for that, well done, team. (laughs) He's so funny too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm gonna say. uh, I'm gonna take the over. Have, have either of us taken the under? No, right. On no. anything? No. I've only got like two that I can even sort of talk myself into thinking the under on. Yeah, and yet, and yet he's been either right on or or over with a couple guys who've signed already. But yeah, okay. Uh, I will say, well, maybe those guys. Maybe that's why those guys signed so quickly. Maybe that that's why. Be. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm gonna take um, the over on Nelson Cruz. Mm, okay. What's the projection? Three and forty-eight. Uh huh. And I think Nelson Cruz is gonna get more than that. <laughs> That's why you picked the over. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna take. Maybe it's just more. Maybe it's just easier to to pick the. Maybe we're just looking. I mean, I'm. I don't know. If you ask me to. Pick, if you actually asked me to project all these guys' salaries, maybe two thirds of them I would be under. But it's just that they don't appear to you. Maybe you just notice the guys who you like. What I'm saying is maybe you're noticing guys that you think are good. Uh-huh. Like they're a little bit bolder in in this list to you. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna take PV. Jake okay. PV, one year, nine million. Really good one. Uh, yeah, taking yeah, the man. over on him, and I can see how he wouldn't get a giant deal i could see how a team might not buy into his second half era with the giants and might have seen him sort of look worn down in october and all that and but it seems unlikely to me that he would settle for a one-year deal and probably the the per year also seems a little bit low because you would expect him to be you know like a, a quality back of the rotation guy at least so I mean, one year and nine million for that would be quite low. So taking the over on PV. Uh, how many are we doing? Five, right? I've taken four guys. You've That's taken. Th- what this is you? my wait? This is my last one. Why only I... five? Seven. <laughs> Let's do seven. Seven. Wow. Yeah, I, I want to get this. an under. I I want to get an under, and my next two are both overs. <laughs> I don't know if I can get to an under. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm gonna. Take uh, Justin Masterson. Okay, Where, what's he? He is one year, seven million. All right, seems like a good one. I the only w- problem is that he's a he is a definite pillow contract contender, though. <laughs> yes, that is true. Uh huh. All right, I will take the over on Luke Gregerson. Oh, okay. At two years and fourteen million. Uh-huh. I mean, that's I understand that there are reasons to be wary of Gregerson, perhaps the 
fact that he doesn't throw hard, the fact that he throws all those sliders, and he's pitched in great pitchers' parks his whole career. So maybe he's not quite as good as his incredibly good numbers suggest. But I don't know. Given, I mean, if Zach Duke can get 315. Yeah, but if Joe Smith only got 315 last year. Yeah. Are they different? Uh, not dramatically, maybe. I'd probably prefer Gregerson. But yeah, well, that's my pick. All right. I, uh, I'm going to take Jason Grilly. Oh, that was my next one. I was worried. Yeah. So what is Jason Grilly? One and three point five. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Keith Law's list had Grilly very low too, with a, a very low projection of what he would be worth. I wonder why that is. I mean he's old and he had a bad first half, I guess, but and his strikeout rate was down. <laughs> Sounds like I'm naming good reasons, but there are Reasons to like him, too. You like mm. Billy. All right. <sighs> kind of want to take... Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. Man, I did not prepare for seven deep. <laughs> I was all prepared for, for five. Usually you want to keep things shorter. Okay. I will take the over on... You know what? I'll take an under. I'm going for an under. All right. I'm taking the under on Melky. Oh, I actually had that X'd and I forgot. I forgot to get to him. All right. So it's oh, poor draft one. management on your part. So Melky is projected for four years and $64 million. That's That's kind of a lot, I think, given the, the qualifying offer. I, 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 I'm fairly confident in under. I'm going with under. All right. And uh, I... Uh, I'm looking for an under, and it feels like there are two or three or four. I guess I could talk myself into four unders here. Mm-hmm. And one of them is tricky because, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with this one. Okay. Uh, and it's just I've heard these numbers so many times that it just feels like like he's already signed the deal, but he hasn't signed the deal, and it seems like it seems like a bad contract and it's long is the thing. And so even if he signed for that value before I'd be safe. So I'm going to take Pablo Sandoval mm. at five and 90. All right. Okay. I wonder, I mean, what's the, what's the ceiling on that pick? Oh, that's the other it thing. It's like the, a low ceiling pick. I mean, it's, it could, well, be, but could the, be under 90. That's the thing though, is that if he signs for four and 78, I just, you know, crushed whatever you were doing with Luke Gregerson. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And what's the downside? Like, wh- what are the odds he gets more than 90? It's basically impossible, isn't it? Mm. He, he's not even asking for it. Like, if somebody <laughs> offered him 95, I think he would feel embarrassed. He would look away. Uh-huh. He would just sort of sit silently until the GM, you know, realized that the awkwardness in the room would not be dispelled and, until they went to sing karaoke together. <laughs> right. And just like for a, a reasonable deal like 90. <laughs> Just like someone in the Giancarlo Stanton press conference asked him if he was embarrassed, embarrassed. to be making this much money, which is <laughs> just a crazy question. But, but yeah, okay, all right, I see the argument, makes sense. Um, all right, so this is my last pick. You pick yeah. seven. Yeah. All right, gotta make this count. Huh. Okay. Well, this pick I think is unlikely to hurt me. 
I think there's a little chance that it will hurt me. So I'll go for it on that basis. Although, on the other hand, it's, <laughs> it's not going to help me a whole lot either. Wait, but, can I, is, it, is it Emilio Bonifacio? <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, but it probably has similarly low upside. So I'm going to go with Kuroda. Uh-huh. So he projects. Wait, but what if he doesn't sign? I know that's that's the thing. It's unlikely to to hurt me because if, if he, he doesn't, doesn't sign, sign it, just to, won't be counted, right? It it's just counted, off the yeah. board. Low low floor, low yeah. high floor. Right, high floor. So it's if he does sign, you're picking over or under. I'm taking over uh-huh. because I, I he's made 15 and 16 the last couple of years, and he hasn't really done anything. Not to deserve that. I mean, he's been—he was not quite as good this year, and he's older. And but he was still an above-average starter. So I'll take the over on that. I don't feel great about it, but I don't love any of the other opportunities out there. So 14 picks, and we took basically 12 two overs un- or yeah. two unders and one he might not pitch, and otherwise <laughs> all overs. So the others that I considered for and under. And I'm not super confident in any of them. I wasn't confident in the under I took. But the ones I, I thought about were Volquez mm-hmm. um, and uh, Sergio Romo, who's at uh-huh. three and twenty-one, and seems like he could. It seems like he could do a three and fifteen or something, or two and sixteen maybe. Uh, and um, uh, 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 perhaps Colby Rasmus, who I think could. I didn't want to pick him because I feel like yeah. he could get over. Right. But it seems like he could also very easily go. What was he? Like, two two twenty two. Two twenty two. Yeah, and I could just see him. I you know it's it's unfair to him, but I could almost just see him completely botching it and just ending up being like a minor league invite, and everybody's like, <laughs> what ha- what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and and like thirteen teams will be like, I offered him a four year deal. <laughs> his, dad, <laughs> his dad kept running in. So. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not fair, but I, I, that's what I was thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, all right. So we'll see how it plays out. We will add up the numbers. We'll get some stat guys to look at our Babbitts at the end of the offseason when all these guys have signed or those of them who are going to sign have signed, and we'll see who won. That's how these drafts work. that it? All right, that's it. Okay, so that is it for this week. Uh, we encourage you, or I encourage you, to join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Effectively Wild. I will post a link to Bowden's predictions in there. Lots of activity. Someone from the group saw Smash Mouth live, took a picture <laughs> with Smash Mouth. Mm-hmm. Other, other readers are forming a blog together that they are going to write collectively. So check that out if you want to get in on it and name the site. And... We hope that you will support our sponsor, the Play Index, by going to the baseballreference.com and subscribing using the coupon code BP to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. We could use some emails for next week at podcast at baseballperspectus.com, and we welcome your reviews and ratings and subscriptions to the show on iTunes. So have a wonderful weekend. We will be back on Monday.